All right, everybody, welcome back to episode seven of What's the Rush? My name is Daniel Bird, and today we're going to be talking about somebody who is one of those people that's famous and just has one name, right? And one name, and you already know who it is, and that is Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. This story to me is very, very inspiring. And no matter what you think about Oprah, she's becoming kind of polarizing, I guess, and getting in the political world and all that. This story is very inspiring. And the way that she got to where she is today is a story that I think really personifies what we're looking at here at What's the Rush. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the story of Oprah Winfrey. So Oprah Winfrey was born into a very poor family, right? So her mother was a teenager when she had Oprah, born in Mississippi in 1954, I, I don't think you need a huge history lesson to know that being a black person in Mississippi in the 50s was not an easy time for anybody. Deeply hostile, racist um, things were happening in the South, in the Deep South in particular. And so Oprah Winfrey was born into that, for starters. But she was also born into an extremely poor family. Now, I want to go ahead and pause here. I should have done this before I launched into the story. You can find... What I'm going to be talking about, three places I think that are really good. Oprah Winfrey's official website has a biography of her. There's also an article on The Guardian by Paul Harris called You Go Girl. It's about Oprah Winfrey. And then there's one on The Washington Post, very good article called The Man Who Saved Oprah. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but there are the sources for this week if you want to go and listen to or read more about Oprah. So anyways... Oprah is born in 1954 to a very poor family in Mississippi. Her mother was a teenager. Her father was in the armed forces, um, but did not was not there when Oprah was born and not for her early life. So her mother leaves Oprah about the age of six to go to Wisconsin. And Oprah is living with her maternal grandmother. Now, her maternal grandmother was extremely poor as well. Again, this entire family was extremely poor. There's a story that Oprah, when she was about six years old, would have to fashion a dress, because she wanted to wear a dress like any little girl would want to, out of potato sacks. And she had pet cockroaches and a doll that she had to make out of a dried up corn cob. So that's the story right there. Like She is extremely poor. This is baseline poverty that Oprah is born into. And... People, you know, kids around her made fun of her for wearing a potato sack as a dress. Obviously, that has to have a toll on somebody at a very early age. And so Oprah is growing up in this environment where she's dealing with, with racism of the South, but also with poverty and trying to just be a kid in these situations are not easy. And so then her mother comes back, takes her up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is when her her life gets pretty bad. If not, it was already bad, um, being as poor as she was at the time and having to deal with what she was going to have to deal with in uh, in the Deep South. But as she gets to Milwaukee with her mother, uh, things get a little worse. Um, her mother is not very supportive of Oprah. She's not very loving. Her, her mother was constantly working and was not ever there to really support Oprah or to be there for her. And this caused Oprah to, to lash out, to, 
to try to find attention in other places. And she was, by all accounts, a very troubled child and did a lot of things to get in trouble and just do bad things. In fact, this is a quote from the Washington Post from Oprah. She said, I ran away from home. I started acting out for my need for attention, my need to be loved. My mother didn't have the time. She worked every day as a maid. She was one of the maids on those buses. I was smart, and my mother, because she didn't have the time for me, I think, tried to stifle it. And then she goes on to say, um, I would have gone in another direction. I would have been a good criminal um, because I would have had these same instincts differently. Now, but there's a little bit in the middle there. She said, if I hadn't been sent to my father, that's at age 14. But we'll get to that in just a minute. When she's in Milwaukee with her mother, she is sexually abused by male relatives and family friends. And this is obviously a dark time in anybody's life, and particularly in Oprah's as well. And it shaped her for the rest of her life. Oprah says of that, she says, I blame myself. I was always very needy, always in need of attention, and they just took advantage of that. There were people certainly around me who were aware of it, but they did nothing. So this is a terrible, terrible situation for Oprah to be in. And at this point in her life, if we fast forward, she's about 14 years old now. It's not looking good. Like if you looked at this story and you were just given no name, given a sheet, you're saying they were born into poverty, they were sexually abused, they were lashing out. There's a there's an episode of her life where she didn't want to wear these glasses because she felt ugly in them, and her mother, that's the only ones that her mother could afford. And she breaks her glasses and stages this um, break-in to say that somebody came in and like beat her up and broke her glasses. Like This is the kind of stuff that she was doing. And her mother was, you know, obviously... Again, not very encouraging, not very loving or anything like that. But at this point in life, you know, she's got a 14-year-old child who's acting out, running away from home, doing all these things. She stages this assault. Um, and this is just a wild time in Oprah's life. But if we if we looked at that, again, if you're just given a sheet, like with no name at the top of it, and said, here's somebody's story. Tell me how you think they're going to turn out. And the story is that they're born into an incredibly difficult situation, um, poverty, abuse, and neglect, all of these things. If you're given this story, you probably, when asked, how do you think it's going to turn out, would not say it's going to turn out well, because unfortunately, that is what happens so many times. We get shaped by how we are brought up, the environment that we're brought up in. It shapes us a lot. And so if you looked at the story of Oprah, and the pause point here at 14, you probably say, well, this isn't going to end well. For Oprah, not knowing that it's Oprah, you would say this is probably not going to end well for her. Even she said so herself, that if it were not for this next part of her story, she said that she probably would have been a criminal. So what's the next part of her story? Well, she gets sent to live with her father and his wife in Nashville, Tennessee. And here's what happens. The article on the Washington Post is very good about this, by the way. It's, it's called The Man Who Saved Oprah, and Oprah herself says that her father definitely saved her life. She gets there, fully intending to do everything that she's already done, lashing out for attention, um, you know, different things with different boys, all, all of these things. She's fully intending to do that, and he puts a stop to it. And he, you know, he's very strict, but he's very loving as well. And, you know, he talks to her, he, he shows her the attention that she certainly did not get when living with her mother. And shows her good, positive male attention that she certainly did not get when she was getting abused by male relatives and friends in Wisconsin. 
And so Oprah grows up and she's, as she starts to learn more and more about what it means um, just to be, uh, to have a normal family, to have a normal life. And she, she says this even in, in the article. She says, when my father took me in, it changed the course of my life. He saved me. He simply knew what he wanted and expected. He would take nothing less. So, again, he comes in with this. He's strict, but he's also very loving. And because of this, she begins to do well in school. She begins to uh, take initiative in life. Um, you know, he required her to read all the time, all of these things. When she was a child, she was known around the church, the churches in Mississippi as one of the smarter children because she was able to recite Bible verses very, very easily and quickly. Um, but as she grew up, she started to give that up. But her father was like, no, listen, you're going to have to read. And that's what he does. So he makes her read. He gets her, you know, her grades start getting better. Her life starts improving in high school. And this is when she starts to get into her, her career, what she becomes, what we know her as today. So her broadcast career begins in 1973. She becomes a newscaster uh, while still in high school. Um, that's pretty amazing. She's still in high school. Uh, she becomes a newscaster for Nashville's WVOL radio. And she, two years later, moved to the news department. Now, according to her website, at the age of 19, she became the youngest person and the first African-American woman to anchor the news at this station in Nashville. And this is a big, huge deal, right? So she's only 19 years old when she does this. And what a turnaround. In just five years, what a turnaround for Oprah. But she keeps on working. In, 17, in, 19, 17, in 1976, she gets moved to Baltimore, where she becomes a, a news co-anchor uh, station there. Um, but this is this is a turning point for her, right? Right here in, in 1976, she went to Baltimore into what she's thinking to advance her career, and she describes this experience as dismal. Like this is not a good experience for Oprah Winfrey when she's in Baltimore. She doesn't, you know, it's it's not making strides like she wants to. She's not furthering careers like she thought she was going to. This was a tough time in her life. Um, she even says that she began overeating to make herself feel better. Um, this was a tough one for her. So if we pause right there for her, 19, you know, 1976, we pause for Oprah Winfrey. She could have listened all these things that happened in her life. She could have looked back at all these things that happened in her life and was like, you know, this has just been much, much too difficult. Um, life has really dealt me a pretty crappy hand. And now it's things aren't going my way. I finally was starting to gain some traction. It's really not happening for me. And she could have given up right there. And she would not be the Oprah Winfrey that we think of. But she kept on going. She kept on trying. She kept on working hard. And she becomes a co-host in 1977 in Baltimore. Of a, a show called People Are Talking. This was her first talk show job. Where she began uh, just to develop in that, in that area. And... Her, her ratings increased. She was getting better at her job. Uh, you know, and, and so she, then she moves into Chicago and, and gets a job there. And, and this whole time, she's working and, and getting harder and doing better. Um, she also talks about overeating in this period. And this is when it was really big for her at the time. Anyway, she continues on, uh, begins acting in her first film, The Color Purple. And, and you know the story from there. So she just keeps on going and she keeps on working. And eventually she becomes the Oprah that we think of. And, and even with, with the overeating, she begins to, to do diets and do all these other things and, and very public about it and works through it. 
and you know and gets to healthy weights and, and it's very very inspiring story for Oprah Winfrey. Now, here's what I'll say about Oprah Winfrey in this story as we as we come to an end of it. This is a, a quicker one because it's it's pretty cut and dry, right? Oprah's story is very very inspirational for two or three reasons I think, probably three. The first is this. It fits right into the mold of what's the rush. There was several times that you could pause in her life and say, mm, this is not working out. Um, again, like I said earlier, you know, the environment that which we are born into really, really does shape us. And you could argue that her environment and the way that she was brought up um, and the surroundings that she and the things that she had to go through, if you add all of that up, it probably does not equal success. And that's just the sad reality of it. And she had to overcome all of that. And she does. But there were several times in her life that she could have given up. You know, when it didn't go her way in Baltimore. You know, when she, when she wasn't really enjoying her life. She could have been like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done trying. Like I said, I've been dealt a crappy hand. There's nothing I want to do. There's nothing I can do. It's not getting any better. But she could have given up. But she doesn't. And she keeps on fighting. And that's important thing for us to remember too. I, I don't know all of our circumstances for those who listen. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what your upbringing was, but a lot of times life deals with some pretty crappy hands and it can be very, very hard to want to keep fighting and want to keep going. But you have to ask yourself, you know, yeah, it's, it's tough right now, but maybe it'll get better. Right. And, and, and one of the things that Oprah didn't know, and none of us can know is what the end is going to be. Yes, there's a possibility that it could have gotten a lot worse for Oprah. She could have got to Baltimore, tried this job out, and it sucked. And she could have kept trying and kept getting sucky jobs. And her decision to give up actually would have been a good thing. But that's not what happened. And so many times in the stories, that is not the case. Because when they get out of the other end of the crap storm that they're in, or whatever they're going through, they become who we know them as today. Now, this article that I, that I talked about in the Washington Post was written in 1986, so it doesn't even have even more of the stuff that she accomplished. But if you just think about her story, again, it's, it's the what's the rush. She knew that she had, a, she had a goal. She wanted to be hardworking. She wanted to be you know, in the entertainment industry, and she kept on fighting, even in the hard times, even having to fight all of the things that she had to fight. She just kept on going, and that is a very, very inspirational story. So the challenge there is to just continue to remember where it is that you're trying to go, and even in the midst of the very, very difficult time, and even maybe with starting behind where you want to because of the situations that you're in, just know this, man, again, if Oprah can do this, if she can get through poverty, racism, abuse, neglect, all of these things, and get to where she got, you and I can do it as well. And that's, that's the, the moral of her story. But secondly, the importance of people in your life to push you and to be there for you and to keep you on the right track cannot be overstated. And that is what happens in Oprah Winfrey's story. She says it time and time again. If it were not for her, her father, if it was not for her father, she would not be who she is today. And so ask yourself this question. If you have a goal, if you have something that you're working towards, who is helping you? Who is pushing you? Who do you have to contend with that's going to encourage you and, and, and maybe even call you out when you need to get called out on certain things? For Oprah, it was her father. 
Maybe for you it's your parents. Maybe for you it's a friend or a spouse, whatever the case may be. But the point of the matter is this. It's a very important thing. Oprah would not have been Oprah if she didn't have her father to push her. Oprah would not have been Oprah if she didn't have her father to, to course correct her. And I think a lot of times we desperately need that. We need people in our lives that are going to look at where we are, know that where we want to be, and be like, look, you're not doing, you're not it. This isn't working. What you're doing right now is not working. And there's a loving way to do that. There's an encouraging way to do that. Her father was able to do that. But remember, we need people like that because we need to be able to op- be open to listening to other people and know that we're not right all the time and that know that there is value in listening to other people and help- and letting them help us. And that's what Oprah had right there is somebody in her life to let or help her. And third, I would just say this, and this kind of ties back into the first one too, but I just want to kind of end with, with this. Your situation, your environment does not dictate who you are. When you're trying to live the quote-unquote what's-the-rush lifestyle of not allowing you to look at yourself and go, I'm not where I want to be, a lot of times the easy, simple solution, and this is just human nature, I think, is to take the victim mentality route. I've done it. I think a lot of us do it. And that is not to say that we do not have the right to be offended or hurt by some of the things that happen in life. That is not what I'm saying. But when it becomes paralyzing to the goal of getting to where you want to get in your life is when you allow the the environment and you allow your past to dictate where you could go in your future. It did not do this for Oprah. She had all the cards to play, all the victim cards she could have played, the racism, the abuse, the neglect. I keep harping on this because they are very, very important and they're very, very sad things that happen to her. And she could have played all of those and said, I give up. I'm done with this. This is absolute garbage. I don't want any part of this anymore. But she doesn't. She doesn't play those cards. She keeps on fighting. She keeps on going. And what does she get for it? Her hard work, her dedication, her continual fighting. She gets to be a household name. She gets to get where she wants to in the entertainment industry. She's helped a lot of people's lives. Again, no matter what you think of her politically or or anything else like that, she has been somebody who will be, for a very long time, synonymous with entertainment and a name beyond recognition. I mean, and just one, one word, one name, and you already know who we're talking about. But do not think that your past dictates necessarily who you are going to be in your future. When you're thinking about the what's the rush lifestyle, thinking about where you're going in the future and to remember to slow down, a lot of that times is just being in the present and not letting the future overwhelm you and not letting the past overwhelm you. Um, I, I might have already quoted this, but I'm going to quote it again. Obviously, the smartest person to ever walk, in my opinion, would be Jesus. And he says, very plainly, it's this mentality of you have no idea what's going to come tomorrow. You have no idea. In the, in, in the wisdom of the New Testament, in James, he says, don't even talk about tomorrow. Now, a lot of people can misinterpret this and say that we shouldn't plan for the future, blah, blah, blah. That's not really what's going on here. It's saying that there's no use in worrying about tomorrow. There's no use in worrying about the future because you have no idea what's going to do. What you do know is you have this moment right now. And you've got to keep working and you've got to keep striving to keep your eye on the main goal that you are working towards. And to not let your past dictate you. Because whatever happened in your past, it's the past. And that's not to say that our past doesn't shape who we are. But it is to say that at some point we have to stand up and say, you know what? The past is the past, and I am moving forward with the future. That's what Oprah did, and I think that's 
one of the great things about her story in the, in the What's the Rush lifestyle is to just keep on moving forward, knowing that you'll get where you want to get if you work hard and you keep pushing and not to let your past dictate you and to remember to let people help you, to let people push you where you need to get pushed. So that is the story of Oprah, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I learned a lot just doing some research for this. I didn't know her story was that great. It is a very, very good story. So I hope that you all have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you right back here next week.